Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Poliafito, and I'm here today with Caroline Baumel, Professor of Ophthalmology at the New England Eye Center and Tufts University School of Medicine. And we're going to talk about Plan and its future as a treatment for geographic atrophy. Caroline, welcome back to Retina Synthesis. Carmen, it's great to see you as always, and thank you for having me here. Can you just give us a, a, a top-line view of the, the unmet need for geographic atrophy management? Absolutely. Um, I think that it's really the next frontier for us in retina. We have these amazing anti-VEGF therapies that have revolutionized how we've treated neovascular AMD. You played a big role in that, especially with OCT and all the work that you did with that and anti-VEGF agents. And it's amazing now, Carmen, I see some of my patients who have neovascular AMD and I followed them for a long time. And I'll look at the eye that's received anti-VEGF therapy and that's become their better seeing eye because their fellow eye has developed geographic atrophy into the fovea. So um, it really, it's the sort of thing where we look at the OCTs and may not pay as much attention to it because there's no leakage. So we're not going to treat it. There's no treatment for geographic atrophy right now, but our patients are living longer. And it's really something that I'm noticing a lot more in my clinical uh, patients. And studies have shown really that while traditionally we think geographic atrophy is slow, it's actually not as slow as we think. And it causes really a loss of independence and livelihood for many of our elderly patients. So we've heard a lot about complement and its role in geographic atrophy. And now we're blocking complement and good things are happening. Well, um, I think that the complement cascade is complex to say the least, and it has all these different inputs into C3. There's multiple feedback loops, and certainly complement as this innate immunity is something that is necessary to keep our body in balance. But unregulated complement, whether it's too much of a negative component of complement or not enough of a positive component seems to play a role in geographic atrophy. And that's supported by genetic studies, histopathologic studies. So um, I hope that, you know, that this seems promising to modify geographic atrophy and hopefully prevent or slow down the rate of geographic atrophy growth. And now I think we have some really exciting studies and upcoming data that are gonna help guide us through this, this treatment. So what does PEG-CETICOPLAN do? So PEG-CETICOPLAN, uh, you said it correctly, it's a PEG-CETICOPLAN, um, blocks um, C3. So by doing that, it reduces the downregulation effects of complement, which are thought to be harmful. So it helps stop this unregulated complement. And um, I presented some data recently at the ASRS um, regarding safety of pegcitocoplin and the 18-month data in the phase three Derby and Oak studies. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about those two studies? Sure. So 
the phase two Philly study evaluated pegsidocopeland for geographic atrophy. And there was one surprising finding, and that was that there was investigator-determined dose-dependent exudation noted in some of the eyes that were treated with pegsidocopeland. And this appeared to be associated with neovascular AMD in the fellow eye, as well as a double layer sign or a fibrovascular, a shallow fibrovascular PED in the treated eye. So based on this finding, the phase three Derby and Oaks studies had pre-specified imaging. If any investigator thought that there was exudation, they had to perform pre-specified imaging. And also the investigator could initiate anti-VEGF therapy, which continued on with the pegcetocopeland therapy during the phase three studies. And I presented the 18-month data for exudation, and it showed, again, that this appeared to be dose-dependent, and the rate of exudation in the monthly pegcetocopeland treated eyes was 9.5%. In the every other month treated eyes, it was 6.2%. And in the sham treated eyes, it was 3%. But today, actually, the 24-month results came out from the Derby Oak studies. And this showed, again, this appeared to be, the rate of exudation appeared to be consistent with exposure to pegsidocopeland. It was 11.9% in the monthly treated eyes, 6.7% in the every other monthly treated eyes, and 3.1% in the sham treated eyes. Um, is there a biologic reason to expect that blocking C3 would end up with neovascularization? That is uh, the million dollar question here. And I think that there's multiple reasons, it's multifactorial why some of these eyes get exudation. One thing that may play a role is that there might be pre-existing neovascularization that's not exuding in some of these eyes with geographic atrophy. And certainly OCT angiography has shown us that. Development of neovascularization, this is what the SARCs even showed many, many years ago, that there can even be neovascularization in some of the drusen that we see, and they really only saw it on pathology. So for some reason, you know, inhibiting complement might have that the neovascularization be more likely to exude. Um, there might be something else in the complement cascade that's affected by inhibiting complement. But what I'm really interested in seeing is how these eyes fare when they have anti-VEGF treatments as well as pegcetocopeland. And I'm also really interested in knowing what the what the growth rate is and how these eyes perform visually. So there should be more to tell from the 24 month uh, data as soon as we have that available with regards to safety and exudation. Um, it didn't seem that the, the visual acuity in the clinical trial was not adversely affected by the exudation. That's, that's correct. And I, I think that this type of exudation might be different than what we typically think of with neovascular AMD. Certainly looking at the 18 month data, it was almost all 
occult neovascularization. As well, another thing that was interesting from the 18-month data, and I don't have this from the 24-month data, is that they looked at the fellow untreated eyes that had geographic atrophy um, during the study and the eyes that were fellow eyes that would have met study criteria. And actually the rate of exudation in those eyes was about 4%. So it does happen in these eyes and uh, hopefully we will see how they perform when they get anti-VEGF treatment as well as pegcitocopalin. The other thing I should mention with regards to safety um, that just came out with the 24-month data today was that pegcitocopalin did appear to be well-tolerated. There were almost 12,000 injections given. The rate of endophthalmitis was about 0.03%. The rate of intraocular inflammation was about 0.24%. And there was no retinal vasculitis observed. No, no. Which, is, which is really excellent. Carmen, I think the other thing that we need to really look at with this study is how these eyes did at 12 months, 18 months, and two years. And geographic atrophy is, is a chronic disease. It might take a long time of treatment to really see the benefits. Based on what we saw from the 24-month data today, it did really, pegcitocopaline reduced the rate of geographic atrophy growth. And I think that over time, between 12 and 24 months, a greater effect was seen. This is certainly like a, a heterogeneous population of patients that we have. And um, I think it's going to take us a little more time to really tell where the benefits are, but I was really encouraged by looking at the results that came out today. The reduction of growth in the monthly treated eyes of the combined Derby Oak study was about 30%, and in the every other month arm combined, it was about 24%. That's in the, uh, looking at the, the last six months? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's very encouraging. Um, going back to exudation, um, there's a, there's going to be a whole variety of clinical studies looking at the data from exudation and what, what questions are you most interested in? I'm interested in looking at the OCT, the OCT angiography of patients that developed uh, exudation. I'm also interested to look at the lesion size, where did the exudation develop? Was it at the edge of geographic atrophy, external to the fovea? If that's where it happened, where the lesions may grow, that really may not affect visual acuity in an adverse event. The other thing is that's really important is safety. How do these patients fare if they have an anti-VEGF and a pegcitocopalin injection same day? Certainly nothing was shown in the safety data to show any concern with that, but um, it's more than what we're typically used to giving two injections on the same day. So I'd like to see data on that. Well, that's great. So thanks a lot for your time. And um, there is exciting news coming ahead on the management of geographic atrophy via inhibition of C3. Thank you for having me. I think that this will you know, the number one thing is preserving vision and even improving vision in our patients. And, you know, one thing that I, I learned from working with you and other people 
is that if we continue with innovation, it only sets the bar higher. You know, if we have this bar, then someone, someone is going to try to do better and better and better. And that's how we're going to be able to preserve vision for our patients and, and even improve vision. Thank you, Carmen. Well, thank you.